Hello, dear listeners, and welcome. Today's episode is brought to us by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash DSPN. Over 180,000 audiobook titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash DSPN. And now, on to the episode. Hannah, tell us your big reveal here. Give okay. us the story. What happened? Jesus. Noelle, here, let me set the scene here. Let me set the scene. Noelle and I were downstairs wrapping up uh, Patreon card writing. We were just getting getting the cards together, putting away the stickers, you know, capping all the sh- silver Sharpies. When we hear some sort of ruckus upstairs, we sent we sent Caitlin and Hannah up to get their, their mics set up, and we hear some sort of ruckus. Now, Hannah, why don't you fill us in on what happened during that ruckus? Because I would love to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish I wish I could forget Kat. I don't want to be here for this. I, you it, are. You sit in your seat and you listen to what you've done. Even oh, now, it's really hard for me to talk about it. But um, I, well, I went into the room, and Caitlin was following closely behind. And uh, I, I think that Caitlin must have, have heard. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up. <laughs> I think that Caitlin must have, must have heard Noelle say something like, um, like, hurry up and, and get in there or something. And, oh, and Caitlin said, Caitlin looked at me and Caitlin said, gosh, I hate being scolded. And then she fell on the ground and I, I screamed and I said, Caitlin, look me in the eyes. Tell me why you've done this. And she didn't fucking answer. I told you not to say anything. I can't. I can't keep this. I don't want to be here anymore. I can't hold this inside me anymore, Caitlin. I want to go home. Caitlin, I, I'm sorry to say this, but it sounds like you need a scolding. <laughs> Caitlin, we're very disappointed in you. Your mother and I are very disappointed in you. I feel like this is not safe for work, and actually, we shouldn't use it in the podcast. <laughs> All right, well, let's play the game, Ben. Caitlin, we love you. You're a friend. Even though I said gorsh? Yes. I forgive you. Noelle shook her head. <laughs> Noelle, Noelle, we're, this is a supportive atmosphere around our table. This is a safe space. <laughs> oh, no, don't scold me about it. Come on. <laughs> Noelle! <laughs> gorsh, Noelle, you're not being a very good friend. <laughs> Who scolded now, Noelle? I guess that'd be me. I don't <laughs> like this. I hate the can of words I'd opened up. All right. Hi, I'm Kat, and I am your DM. Hello, my name is Noelle. I play Fran. She's a Genasi wizard. <laughs> She's level seven. <laughs> Hello. Hello. 
I'm Caitlin. I am your... Actually, no. My name is Mars. That's my name now. And my name is PM because I love to snooze. No doubles. No fucking doubles. I, play, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I play Corbin and uh, he's a level... Can I count on Noelle's fingers? Seven, Seven druid. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. What does that mean? Why are you... No- Honestly, I envy you that you don't know. Yeah, actually. Okay, well, let's move on. To- Who are you? Hi, it's me. I'm Hannah Colbert. I don't need to say my last name. Anyway, <laughs> I I play Slake, a level seven uh, half-orc fighter. This is a really... This is like in our top 10 best intros that we've ever done. Last time, you had a meeting with some dressmakers and tailors to get your looks sorted. Mm. Uh, then you went over to the University of Madria and you talked with Shaw's assistant, Amina, and uh, learned a lot of exposition. And uh, now it's the next morning and uh, you guys have been able to sleep. You've had a long rest in some incredibly soft and luxurious beds. You each have your own rooms and they're beautiful and quiet and very relaxing. Uh, and it's just a little bit after sunrise when the sound of bells wakes you up. And they are loud. And at first, like, it sounds like they're just the normal morning bells, but then you realize it's a it's a series of bells coming from within your room. And who do you think, which one of you stumbles out of your rooms first? I mean, I guess Fran, right? Yeah. I thought Slake. waking up. Yeah. Maybe Slake, yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. probably... Slake? All right, Slake, when you, you stumble out of your room, you see that Dodson is walking between the two parlors, ordering servants around. And as the rest of you come shambling out in various states of asleep. You see that it is a flurry of activity. Dodson is pointing servants here and there to like place cut, fresh cut flowers and put down new rugs and place an artfully draped blanket over the back of one of your couches and put more pillows here and put less pillows there and make sure the fire is hot. And as he sees that all of you have gathered, he snaps his fingers and a group of servants who have been hovering in the hallway bustle into your rooms carrying trunks and racks full of clothing. And he says, Apologies, honored guests, but we must move swiftly. There has been a royal order for you to be presented at court this morning, and the queen will make a personal visit to your rooms beforehand to thank you for your part in defending the city. Ah, uh, we've had the tailors and dressmakers working all night. You each have a suitable wardrobe for your activities of the day. More will be coming tomorrow, but we had to work quickly. Please, your servants will dress you in your day clothes for receiving the queen, and then change you into your court clothes once the queen has left the room. Are you planning to accept Princess Renetta's invitation to lunch? I only he- heard the word lunch. What? Where's... Tadson? Where's my continental? <laughs> yeah, lunch sounds great. <laughs> Wonderful. Please return here after you're done at court and you'll be changed into your lunching clothes. After that, you will have some leisure time. There will be a musical performance in the West Conservatory if you wish to attend. But please return to your rooms no later than five bells so you have time to be dressed for dinner. Should we come? I, I lay down on the couch. Should we come after the second bell? No, I. You can, I suppose. Just What's n- which no bell? Which bell is the best bell to come after? <laughs> I would say if you can arrive here at four bells, that would give us ample time to get you ready. We'll be there with bells on our toes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mary, she smiles at that. She likes your joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so once. Dodson claps his hands. You guys are all bustled back into your rooms to get dressed into your day clothes. 
and you see there are servants who are unpacking the rest of these clothes into your wardrobes, and there are a whole bunch of looks, and this is just day one. But your day clothes are made of soft linen, they're very loose-fitting, and only very lightly decorated. Uh, still, each one is impeccably made and tailored to your measurements. The suit coats are just, they lay perfectly, and they're crisp, and the lapels are just right. And the skirts of the dresses are made of many thin layers, which sort of swish gently as you walk. And you are hurriedly shoved into these clothes by your servants. And only minutes after you are dressed and Dodson gets you all into one of the parlors and he announces, Queen Tenevine Olias, sovereign ruler of Madrea and all her lands, and Queen Lilia Olias, her honored wife. And then he steps out of the way and Queen Tenevine walks into the room, dressed in a beautiful silk gown made of different layers and shades of purple fabric and a golden crown perched atop her auburn curls. Walking next to her is a petite gnome woman in pink with a gold circlet perched in her golden hair. Mm. Uh, Mary curtsies very low and she kind of gives you guys a look. I, like, I copy whatever Mary's doing. I don't know shit. I, uh, Corbin also curtsies because he doesn't know. <laughs> you take the tails of your coat out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he holds them out and then he kind of flaps them like a little bird. Mm. I give a real rigid bow. Nice. <laughs> Queen Tenevine nods, and uh, Queen Lilia gives you guys a shallow curtsy, and then Tenevine motions for you all to sit. Mary takes a seat, but she is perched, like, just on the edge of that sofa. Mm. Like, she is ready to spring back up if Tenevine stands back up. I'm I'm just, like, treating Tenevine, like, the way that we would have treated the goddess, like, that we were trained to treat <laughs> yeah. the goddess. Because that's the only kind of ruler that we've ever yeah. been supposed to interact with. Corbin's, so. Corbin's just kind of like... Whatever those conventions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not like slouching, but he's like comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's regular. He wants to slouch. Blake's like very rigid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Queen Tenevine says, My wife and I would like to offer you my thanks for helping Loria defend the city yesterday. The damage would have been much greater had you not so swiftly dispatched two of the ships while you, and she looks at you, Slake, defended our citizens. I spoke to a young woman in the trades district who spoke of your bravery in saving her and her sister. You have my deepest gratitude. Ah, jeez. No problem. I mean, you're very welcome, your highness. Oh, yeah, we were just doing our job, so. Yeah, it's just kind of like, meh. You're welcome. It's fine. Don't, it's, yeah, no, no worries. Forget about it if it's going to make it, like, complicated. Yeah, if it gets weird between yeah, like, we'll you just, and us. We'll like, like leave. Just, yeah. <laughs> the queen <laughs> smiles and uh, Lilia, she smiles and sort of just looks away. <laughs> <laughs> and Tenevine says, I shall not forget it soon. You've done me a service and that is not something I take lightly. Loria says she has asked for your help in other matters and... I hope that you will help her swiftly resolve the other issues in our court. Yeah, she seems cool. Yeah, we like her a lot. She's hot. She's like a 10. <laughs> is she like a 10? Or is she, she is like a 10. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, damn. She's she's a tall, muscular woman with <laughs> oh, a sword. Damn. Like, that's Wait, a 10 oh, in anybody's book. Yeah, right. goddamn, she's a 10. <laughs> Tenevine smiles, and, and Lo- Lilia looks a little bit less amused now. And Tenevine says, Loria is one of my oldest friends. I'm sure that, I'm sure that you will all do well together. Yeah. Yeah, all of us. All of us. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and uh, I stop being weird then. Yeah. After that, I start to be normal. <laughs> Do you? Corbin. I become normal, so. Corbin does not stop it. being weird. Slake is so fucking confused right now. <laughs> Lilia clears her throat and says, my dear, I think we best be off to the court. And Tenevine stands and Mary, as soon as Tenevine gets to her feet, Mary springs back up to her feet. So before before we let the queen leave, I want to say, uh, your, your majesty, I just want to let you know that if you see anything strange please let us know we're here to help and we're here to help you you specifically you and Loria a little bit a bit it's a conduit situation (laughs) through helping Loria we're here to help you yeah I thank you for your offers of service and I will be sure I'll be sure to let you know if I have any information which would be relevant to your investigation or just like other information. Anything you want to tell Anything. us. Anything. <laughs> Mary elbows whoever's closest to her. <laughs> it was Freya. <laughs> Tenevine then nods to you all and glides out of the room, followed by her wife and then a flurry of servants. And then your servants leap into action and just start like hustling you back into your rooms oh to get you changed into God. your court clothes. Uh, uh, every, this, this is too much. Corbin Corbin tries to get his servants to like let him crowd surf on them. <laughs> they do not. No. They they don't. He like, trust falls do that. a couple times. He, they, and like when you trust fall, they catch you and then they just start shoving you toward your rooms. <laughs> what was next on our schedule? Uh, next you have to go to court. Oh. And oh. then you have to go to lunch with Renetta. Yes. Uh. So you've got a busy morning. Okay. And a lot of that morning is spent getting changed into clothes. Yikes. Yep. These are the fancy clothes that we yes. talked about. Before, so right? your court clothes are peak fashion and peak uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the dresses are laced very tight. The overdresses are made of a stiff fabric which rustles loudly no matter how you try and move. <laughs> Fran, yours is made of a dark sea green, and the Watto back is embroidered with a scene of fish leaping out of the water and, like, frothy sea foam. Damn. The servants have a lot of difficulty trying to figure out how to put this headdress on you (laughs) uh, because you have no hair to pin it into. (laughs) Stick it to my head. Stick it to my head. My lady, we don't want to get the headdress wet. Yeah, I just shape my hair into the headdress. Oh, okay. Mary's dress is a creamy yellow with white lace and embroidered wildflowers. She's a pro at this. Like, she's just standing there and taking it as she is being, like, pinched and prodded and squeezed into these clothes. She's done this. (laughs) So the suits on Slake and Corbin, they are just as stiff and unyielding. You are immediately uncomfortably warm as soon as you're dressed. Slake, one of your servants, informed you that they are working on your headdress, and he has a sort of gleam in his eye when he says it. He says... I like the idea of it, but I'll need some more time to get it done. Uh, In the meantime, uh, and he takes out a piece that wraps around the back of your head and rests on the tops of your ears, which is modeled after the pincers of a beetle. I have a few orc friends in the Red Caverns when I was growing up in Banfell. I I thought it was a cool nod. Oh my god, thank you so much. It's incredible. I love it. Uh, And so, Corbin, you look like Shadow the Hedgehog per your (laughs) Fuck you! Hey, hey, 
Live and learn. <laughs> My demise has never been so swift nor so painful. <laughs> Good lord. Anyway, so on your coat, there are the outlines of crow feathers on the tail of your coat, stitched in red. Uh, however, as after you've gotten dressed, the servants all look at each other, and they're very uncertain, and they say, uh, Sir, we weren't sure what you meant by the request of a, a boob window. We've, uh, we weren't quite sure how to, how to do that. What, what is the boob situation? There's, there, it's a covered boob. You have a covered boob right now. You guys are fucking idiots. (laughs) Give me a pair of scissors. Uh, they. I'll take care of this myself. One of the servants hands you a pair of scissors and he looks deeply regretful as he's doing it. Yeah, okay, well, Corbin cuts out a perfectly shaped little diamond right in the middle of his chest. Nice. And it looks fucking great. Well, at first it doesn't because it's just like ragged cloth. But right. then your servants, they start like stitching up. They hem it all around the sides. And one of them takes some black ribbon and outlines it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So you are all beautiful and deeply uncomfortable. Mm. Harry, do you like have any fucking tips? This is... <laughs> I thought that I would like this, but I think I hate it. <laughs> Mary signs to you. You just... You tune it out, and you let the discomfort sit in the back of your head while you try and imagine a cool breeze. I pat Mary on the shoulder. I'm like, that's pretty sad. <laughs> she nods and, says, and signs, I won't lie. I didn't miss this. <laughs> Question. Uh-huh. Uh, is this outfit then the one that is in the purple and black? It sure is, yeah. So Slate comes in dressed in purple and black and looking dapper as fuck. The green of your skin really plays nicely off the dark purple that they used. Check it out, guys. I know I didn't fucking trust you. Give me your give me your beetle. <laughs> no, what? Come on, this is a great idea. I mean, uh, you know, like great, a great idea. It's like a you know, like a clever ruse. As an intern, I don't think you're allowed to have ideas. <laughs> I, well, I'm not sure that's legal. But what I do know is I'll blend in with, you know, the uh, the old Torveic uh, worshippers, figure out what's going on, uh, foil the whole plot. It'll be uh, super great. If you're mm. a double agent, the beetle isn't going in my gullet. <laughs> How dare you say that to me? <laughs> How dare you? There is a knock on your door. <laughs> and uh, Dodson comes in with a tray with a card on it, which he hands to Mary and... Mary looks at it and then signs, oh, it's Captain Loria. <laughs> oh, thank goodness, it's Captain Loria. <laughs> Mary beckons like as a come-in motion to Dodson, who lets Loria in. And she looks at you and gives you sort of a, a wry grin, and she says, it's terrible, isn't it? It's horrible. I can't feel any part of my body. I feel like I don't have a body anymore. Corbin looks directly <laughs> at Slake and says, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> brutal i'm completely oblivious yeah yeah, it's kind of bad (laughs) loria laughs and says i will be your escort as uh, you're presented to the court please come with me i'll show you the way oh i take her arm (laughs) all right she she takes your arm very lightly Fran. Uh, uh, she's my escort. Corbin, Corbin doesn't leave until Slake goes first. Corbin, Mary takes your arm as you guys Aww. exit. I'm jealous now. Corbin, Corbin like gives her a friendly little bow. Uh, why do my friends have to be friends with each other? <laughs> I'm definitely going to fucking offer my arm to you. <laughs> to me. Well, then I am going to point to Loria's other arm. 
Because I'm not the escort here. <laughs> I will take Loria's other arm. Uh, very good. Very good. Very good. So Loria leads you downstairs to a pair of double doors, which then lead to a small hallway. And then she sort of extracts herself from Fran and Slake. And she says, all right, just keep your cool. Okay? I instantly freeze my hair. <laughs> very cool. Now you have like an ice headdress. Yeah. Love it. And she, she's arranging you guys into pairs as she's talking to you. So, Fran, you are buddied up with Slake <sighs> in the end. You have to listen to everything I say. <laughs> no problem. I'm the team leader. And then she gives you another little grin. She says, all right, it'll be over soon enough. Just follow me. And then she leads you out the next set of double doors and you are on the top of a long staircase going into a grand chamber. There are large crystal sandaliers hanging from the ceiling and the walls are covered in mirrors and gilded sculptures. There's a blue runway of carpet which leads up to two golden thrones where Queens Tenevine and Lilia sit. They have both changed outfits completely from when you just saw them and they are now dressed in resplendent gowns that are just they look so amazing like they're the jewels in this crown of a court on either side of this carpet there are men and women standing in their court finest each one just looks more lavishly dressed and more beautifully decked out than the last and all of them are like 10 steps above where you guys are in fashion like you can tell that what you have on it was made in one night, and what they have on probably took, like, a year to make. Now, Corbin has his own thoughts on who is uh, the height <laughs> of fashion in this room. So I'm going to have each of you make a constitution and a dexterity check oh, as you what? walk down this staircase. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, Fran got a, um, an unnatural 20 for Constitution <laughs> and a natural 20 on Dexterity. Oh, Fran is a, she has kept cool, literally. Okay. Uh, Corbin uh, got uh, 18 for Constitution. Okay. 12 for Dexterity. Ooh, okay. I got a fucking 6 for Constitution <laughs> and a natty 1 for Dexterity. <laughs> so, uh, what, here's, here's how this plays out then. Fran, you got this you are looking impeccable your face is just serene mm. you are you are doing great your train of your dress is trailing artfully behind you and then corbin steps on the train of your dress corbin you react to this by falling over because <laughs> as you're in your haste to try and get your foot off of fran's dress you run into slake Slake tries to catch you. Slake does not succeed in catching you and instead throws both of you over the side of the railing of the staircase. <laughs> Incredible. And Fran, you're just you're standing there without, now your escort is gone. Uh, Mary steps forward and Fran, she takes your arm and the two mm. of you continue <laughs> down the stairs. This is a fucking Monty Python skit. I wink, at, I wink at Mary and I'm like, we fucking did it. Oh <laughs> Um, Mary puts out just a little, like a low fist bump to oh you, Fran. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you guys do a little little fist bump. That is right. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, Corbin and Slake, you each take... A oh hundred damage. <laughs> instantly. Uh, yeah. No, cool. you each take three damage from falling over the railing. Okay. And one psychic bye. damage. Kat, do I have like a nice shiner forming? Yeah. Yeah. 
You have a bruise forming under one eye. Yes, I look so badass. Corbin loves this. He's happy with this. Mm-mm. Yep. So, uh, Slake and Corbin, you are currently tangled up in the crowd. Like, everybody just sort of parted around you as you fell over the railing of the staircase. Corbin flails and pushes Slake away from him and says, um, That's what you get for stealing my man, you harlot! And he runs into the crowd. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, everyone around you. You guys are going to be friends later. <laughs> Corbin wanted to make it seem like it was on purpose. Yeah. Well, everyone around you is a titter. They are all, like, talking behind their hands and, like, whispering and looking at you guys. And, ooh, you you did it. You had a time. Uh, Loria. She's just standing there in shock and horror <laughs> watching this happen. And then she collects herself and uh, turns to the queen and says in a loud, booming voice to drown out everything else that's happening around her. She says, I present to you the heroes of Danmar and the heroes of our own city. I could not have saved the city without their help. I present to you Frenika, Corbin, Slake, and Mary. Everyone just stares at you. It is, you just see people whispering behind their hands. Their eyes are just like boring holes into your souls, and their eyes are full of judgment, and they're inserting that judgment deep into the pits of your stomach. Um, I like try for laughing like it's an inside joke, and like they're all idiots for not getting it. Why don't you roll a performance <laughs> check? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think I have zero performance. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a six. <laughs> Everybody goes completely silent when you laugh. Does it? Does that's it just? Fine. Is it one of those laughs that kind of sounds like crying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Queen Tenevine then stands, and Loria bows to Tenevine, and then bows slightly less low to Queen Lilia. And Tenevine says, we welcome you to our court. And then everyone starts to applaud very lightly, very delicately. And Loria ushers you away from the throne out through a small side doorway. And she just bursts out laughing as soon as she closes the door behind her. I drag my hands on my fucking face (laughs) like I want to die. Corbin puts his hands on his hips and he says, I think that went really good. Corbin! (laughs) It didn't go good. Yeah, it did. You, uh, you ta- uh. <laughs> Hey, hey, now. Did you? Uh, the guy, the, the guy the, in the, the, the Torva clothes. Oh, my God. They're going to think that, uh. that they're not associated with us. They're escorting me. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Loria wipes tears away from her eyes as she recovers from her laughing fit. She says, oh. Well, you certainly made a grand entrance. <laughs> People are not likely to forget that for the next, oh, ten years. Yeah, see? <sighs> we did great. Cool. I feel sick. <laughs> I'm hungry. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Dodson has some breakfast laid out in your rooms, but... Was, was that it? Yes, that was it. That was court. Well, 
that was being presented to the court. Should you ever have to make another formal appearance at court, you would be standing in the gallery. We changed clothes to do that. Of course. <laughs> we just walked in? Yes. Well, you walked. Oh. Oh my god, I can't wait to forget about this. Oh. Corbin looks at Mary and says, we did okay, right? Mary, will you hit me in the head? <laughs> Mary just shakes her head very slowly. What? And then she signs, we'll work on it. <laughs> Corbin looks at Slake and says, we did okay, right, intern? Uh, I guess, yeah. You have to, you legally have to say yes. Yes. <laughs> I point at Slake and I'm like, you're on thin fucking eyes. <laughs> And then I unfreeze my hair. Hey, all, what's up? Another day, another wild court intrigue, another interlude with me noel <laughs> uh i would love to thank our beautiful new patreon subscribers today you guys literally are the real ones we we can't thank you enough thank you so much uh that goes out to alicia brooke violet jessica letty karen dean abba chargyle and jacob thank you guys so 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 much please like open your heart and while it's open, uh oh, I'm I went in there and I kissed you right on your inside of your ventricle. Sorry, that's not like harassment. I don't think it's supposed to be loving. I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, uh, now let's head over to iTunes. Uh, I will not be saying the same thing to the iTunes uh, reviewers. Please don't be afraid. <laughs> we hit 300 ratings. Woo! Uh, so that's really, really cool. Thank you, guys. Keep them coming. Um, iTunes is our biggest tracker of popularity and biggest booster of popularity. So any uh, contributions you guys can put in on that front is uh, amazing. Thank you so much. That goes out to Christian Cesares, Lydia Castro, Meow Hito, Plow. 1200 Noah Munn and especially I want to thank Meow Hito again who said if any podcast or game of D&D was ever an anime this is it thank god for you thank god for you Meow Hito and your cool name and, <laughs> and that you think we're an anime which we definitely are thank you so much uh, I also want to thank our sponsor Cobalt Press today and point our lovely listeners in the direction of Cobalt Press's Creature Codex the Creature Codex from Cobalt Press brings you nearly 400 new foes for 5th edition D&D. Everything from acid ants to zombie lords. You get a dozen new demons and five new angels, wasteland dragons and dinosaurs, all new golems including the altar flame golem, doom golem and keg golem, elemental lords and animal lords, chieftains and other leaders for rat folk, centaurs, goblins, trollkin and more. Plus, if you love DSPN, James Intracasso, our network head, is one of the designers, and he's a really talented and cool guy, so I know that this is an incredible product. You can use these monsters in your favorite published setting or populate the dungeons in a world of your own creation. You can pick up the Creature Codex on the Cobalt Press website, cobaltpress.com, and surprise your players with monsters they won't be expecting. 
And finally, our message to Chantel today is that you're the strongest woman alive, Chantel. And you could kill me with your bare hands if you wanted to, and I thank God every day that you don't want to. I love you, Chantel. The code word is strength, grace, and beauty, all of which you have in excess. Go. You guys are, you go back to your rooms after that, and you now have a few minutes here before you get have to get changed into your lunching clothes. There is some fresh fruits laid out in your parlors. Is there anything you'd like to do or, or talk about before you leave? Um, I lay in bed and I do that thing where you're really embarrassed and you can't stop rolling across your bed every few seconds and like <laughs> screaming. Mary sits on the corner of your bed, Fran, and just occasionally whenever you roll close enough to her, she sort of pats your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> are there uh, cold cuts around? Uh, there's cold no cold cuts, cuts, not right now. No, but there, uh, <laughs> there is some soft cheese. Fruit and soft cold cheese. cuts, though. <laughs> yeah, he turns. Is Dodson around? Oh yeah, he's there. He says, "I need some fucking cold cuts." You will be served a more substantial meal at Princess Renetta's lunch. Okay. <laughs> I feed some. Uh, I feed some fruit to Darius, mm. and Aww. I eat some food, mm-hmm. and um, I sidle up to Corbin. And I'm like, uh, so, um, you, you seem like you've got things pretty together. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's talk strategy. Yeah, okay. Right. So, like, we're going to this lunch, uh, Renetta, right? And she's, uh, the queen's sister. How do we want to kind of, you know, go about this? You uh, got all that magic. Corbin nods at you and puts in a, a lot of, a big mouthful of cheese in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He said, oh, huh? Okay, um, when you say the word strategy, Fran gets up. And she's like, team meeting, team meeting, team meeting. In turn, you can come too because it was your idea. Great! <laughs> Corbin grabs some more cheese and he points at Dodson and Mouth's cold cuts. Corbin, you're, okay. Um, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, you guys, are you just moved from one parlor to the other parlor? Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's just review for ourselves and for the podcast who Renetta is. She's the sister of the queen? Yes. Yes. Okay. And is she a suspect? She is. Okay. She's wh- Corbin's suspect. Uh, okay. So maybe not. She's <laughs> she's engaged to Prince Azam. Oh, yeah. Right. right I right, know right. this. Okay. So she's she's engaged to the prince from Danmar that Corbin wants to date. Yeah. What Loria said about her is that she that she's one of Loria's top suspects. Okay. Because she, uh, she believes that Renetta is angling to unify Madria and Danmar. As, uh, so she's a suspect. Yeah. You're goddamn right she is. Corbin, I'm going to need you to not take this personally. I need you to take your heart and repress it. Okay, hold on. You're good at that. Give me one second. I'm going to watch your eyes to make sure the light goes out in them. (laughs) Okay, Corbin Corbin stares really uncomfortably for like really a long time at a wall. Yeah. And then he turns back to you and he has a dead expression. (laughs) And he says, what were we talking about? 
We're going to go talk to Princess Renetta. Oh, yeah, okay. I look on as if I've just witnessed an act of horrible arcane magic. (laughs) (laughs) And perhaps you have, my friend. So you get changed into your luncheon clothes. So your luncheon clothes are made of Dupani silk, which is notable in the fact that it changes color when you look at it from different angles. It's also a very thick, heavy silk. Wow. And Dodson tells you where to go. The picnic lunch will be on the palace green. And so to get there, you have to go up through a long staircase behind the palace through this cave system in which the palace is situated. And up onto a a lovely green area, there's some very beautifully manicured woods up here. Uh, There are paths that are just completely clear of debris. There are blooming flowers everywhere, which are not native to forests. And there are just these very perfectly tended circular clearings in this in this winding garden path forest thing uh, and you walk into one of these clearings and see that there are eight people all sitting on a huge plush blanket with dozens and dozens of pillows there are trays of little sandwiches and quiches fresh fruit charcuterie fancy cheeses and then there's servants buzzing around everybody refilling crystal glasses with some sparkling drink You pick out Princess Renetta immediately. She is in the center of everything and wearing a beautiful gold dress with bright red embroidery along the hem and sleeves. She's a small woman with delicate features and auburn hair piled around her golden pearl-encrusted headdress. The white veil attached to her headdress is covered in delicate gold embroidery and more pearls. Next to her is a man you immediately guess his identity. It is Prince Azam. He's dressed in a brilliant red suit with sapphire blue embroidery, and he's laughing at something that Renetta has said. And like you walk up, and he's just mid-laugh, and you see just the sparkles of mirth in his eyes. Uh, he looks just like the King of Danmark, except about like 30 years younger. Smooth-shaved, chiseled jaw, dark tan skin, and shiny black hair. And... He's a 10. Oh my god. I'm Fuck! Can I do have one question uh-huh. yeah, for yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are, at this lunch, are there cold cuts? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. That is like fancy cold cuts. I don't speak any language. <laughs> so that's good to know. Thank you. Yeah, charcuterie is like, it's like the fanciest cold cuts. So as you approach, everyone goes absolutely silent and just stares at you as you come cor- forward. Hmm. And then, after an uncomfortably long pause, Renetta stands up and beckons you over, and she says, Oh, welcome, honored guests! We all enjoyed uh, seeing you in court this morning! Uh, And another woman in a pink dress, she says, Oh, yes, people were just falling over themselves for your introduction. Corbin looks directly at her and says, Thanks, I didn't see you there. Uh, the woman flushes like bright. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. Oh my god! And, I'm and then Corbin some, repressed his emotions and he's ready for this. I'm in awe of Corbin right now. <laughs> and then somebody else says, "Oh, I love your suit. What is that large hole in the front? It might be a new fashion in court." And everybody laughs. It's called a boob window. I can't believe you haven't heard of it before. It's Oh, is that a provincial fashion? And everybody laughs again. Uh, no, actually. It's uh, from a place called Estra. Oh, where is that? Is that one of the little fiefdoms? And everybody except for the gnomes laugh. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, Corbin says, no need to be a fucking racist guy. (laughs) It was a floating island in the sky. And everybody looks a little bit askance. And then Renetta (laughs) says, oh, come, come sit down. Have some food, please. This is a light affair. No need to start fighting everybody. And then she sits back down and Azam immediately hands her another glass of sparkling drink. Corbin sits like real close to Azam. Oh, you you have to fight to get space near Azam. Like there's no, a he he fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. You sit now next to Azam. Where does everybody else sort of sit? There's lots of space, lots of pillows, lots of blankets. Um, I'll try to sit like semi close to Corbin. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna try to sit near Renetta. Mm. Yeah, Mary's gonna go sit near you, Slake. So, all right, you guys load up on some food. What's going on? I'm ready. You're yeah, ready. I'm gonna fucking talk to Renetta. All right. Um, you said she has like pearls kind of strung about. Yeah, she's got like this headdress that's so like encrusted in pearls and gold, and a long vase that's embroidered in pearls and gold. She's got a theme going. Nice, nice. I'm going to say, Princess, that's a very beautiful headdress you have. Um. It uh, really evokes the, uh, you know, the hunting techniques of, like, a cave glowworm. Was that an intentional choice, or? (laughs) The princess looks at you, and she's silent for a moment, and then laughs, and then all the women around her also laugh. Oh, what humor. Tell me, what clan of orcs are you from? Oh, uh, me? Red Caves, kind of my, uh, my origin. Oh, (laughs) oh, I see then. You're one of the cave-dwelling orcs. How... Exciting. Uh, do you see the light of day much? Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, now and then I get around. I've hung out in some some cities, uh, Banfell, and, uh, been in Madria for a bit, just checking it out. Oh, well, you're so much more well-traveled than any of the other orcs I've ever met. Corbin gives her a look. Uh, and then another woman pipes up. Uh, it's the same woman who was making fun of Corbin earlier. I think it's perfectly fabulous that you've come out to this city and that you've done so much for us. Really, if the queen can't thank you enough, then we can't thank you enough. Oh, well, (laughs) ain't no problem. I mean, uh, all in a day's work. (laughs) So, uh, you guys, uh, you into Torva? (laughs) (laughs) Corbin, Corbin, like, do a spit take. Fransol <laughs> leaves her body. Corbin spits on some some poor woman oh. next to him. Yeah, you've spit on a gnomish woman who's unfortunately in front of you. Okay. And she she starts sputtering and, and screaming, my dress, oh my dress. And uh, several servants rush over with like napkins to start patting her off. Corbin says, sorry, lady, I just, I've never heard that kind of bullshit before. <laughs> and Renetta gives a very pain smile. She says, I'm sure it's very different culturally in the, the Red Caves, but here it's very impolite to ask about others' choices of worship. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I guess uh, it's uh, more more uh, casual where uh, where I'm from. <laughs> Clearly. And <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and then uh, she turns to you, Fran. She sort of leans over to look at you and she says... <sighs> So tell me, huh? How do you get such an interesting pallor to your skin tone? Do you spend much time in the sun, or or not the sun, or how does one achieve that? Is it paint? <laughs> wow. Um, I like I achieved it, you know, 
the way that you've achieved things. I was born with it. She's fucking oh. dead! Oh! Get a fucking body bag! <laughs> oh my god! You just fucking committed regicide. <laughs> Slam dunk. Holy shit! Fuck. And Renetta smiles at you and she says, Well, it is good to be born lucky. <laughs> I do love what you've done to accommodate the headdresses. It's Maybe bald will be the new fashion. <laughs> she smiles. She says, you and your friend. And she looks over at Mary significantly, who has a mask of serenity. But you guys who know her can see just like simmering rage behind her eyes. <laughs> mm. What does this lady's hair look like? Uh, she's got beautiful auburn curls. Mm. Uh, I, I like look at her hair and I'm like, well, you know what? For some people, bald is an improvement. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> And uh, Azam leans over and he says, Renata, you have the most beautiful hair of any woman I've ever known. Corbin leans over to Azam and says, Hey, uh, have you heard from your dad lately? Uh, oh, yes, you met my father during all of that trouble in, in my city. I appreciate your help there. From all of his many, many letters about you, he, you seem to have made quite an impression on him. He wrote letters about me. <laughs> Oh, yes, he writes many letters about all of the adventures he has. What did he of- say? Uh, he <laughs> detailed all of your heroics in, in freeing the city from that nasty gray manacle group or whatever they were called. I'm glad I wasn't there for it. I'm more of a scholar than a fighter. I can change that. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> so, Your Highness, um, you're a scholar, huh? That's really admirable. How have your studies been going recently? Oh, I've decided to take a more independent course of study. Since I will eventually inherit my father's throne, I've decided to really focus on the memoir library here at the palace. It's quite fascinating, should you ever like to check it out. Who is memoirs? It's a library of all the memoirs of the great rulers throughout the ages of Avalis. There's even a tome. And he leans in with very conspiratorially and says there's even a tome of one of the dwarven kings. I don't know how they got it, but Renetta showed it to me just a week ago, and I have been smitten with the volume. Renetta, do you like memoirs too, then? Oh, I find them quite fascinating. Really, we should all endeavor to learn more about the lives of our ancestors. So much of history is lost these days, and really, all of the best political moves and most inspired theories come from those who've done it all before. Hmm. That's huh. fucking suspicious as hell. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I want to ask us, um, what's your field of study generally? Oh, a little bit of this, a little of that. I'm thinking that, though, that I'll eventually write a paper on the comparisons of modern day events to the historical lives of our ancestors and, and try and figure out what some notable figures would have done in our current political climate. Hmm. Uh, hey, can you all make a perception check for me? Yeah. I got a 14. I got a 9. Okay. 12. Uh, no, none of you see anything. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, then Corbin, in a desperate play to impress people, says, do you guys like magic? So a uh, young man in a blue coat, uh, he's got black hair and sort of olive skin. Is he, he says, hot? Yes. He says, oh, we have some great games we play with magic. 
you should come to one of our game nights. Yeah. Please do come by. It would be so stimulating to play with somebody who has actual battle experience. And he gives a sidelong look to a gnome who's very fashionable. Like the two of them are sort of in this like fashion contest you can see. Uh, but the gnome is clearly winning. Oh. And the gnome says, well, it'd be a good chance to actually see what battle tactics look like for you, eh, Nguyenian? He's, oh, the racing? Racing He's the boat races guy. He's the boat races guy? He's the boat races guy? Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Satoon, I would love to. Wonderful. I shall send an invitation as soon as we get back to the palace. How are you finding your rooms? I wish there were cold cuts, but it's not bad. Well, I'm sure your servants can get that for you. They'll get you pretty much anything if you ask, and you just ask with authority. Uh, I don't like that. Is there anybody who looks like, I, I guess Corbin is sitting by his arm, but like, is there anybody else that we've seen talking to him like they might be friends? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it looks like he's pretty chummy with Nguyenian, okay. uh, as well as some of the other young men here. Uh, okay. There's the, the other gnome who he is in a fashion contest with. And I want to talk to that gnome who is Viscount Nguyenian's rival yeah. in, fi- in fashion and maybe all things. So I go and sit by that person. <laughs> okay, yeah. A pleasure to meet you. I am Baron Vivek Vazone. Vivek Vazone. Baron, it's so nice to meet you. Big Dick Calzone. <laughs> <Damn it>. uh, <laughs> so I, uh... So you're, you're friends with the, the prince, right? Prince Azam? Oh, yes. We go riding together. He's a, quite a good horseman. How long has he been here in Madria? Oh, several years now. And he leans in a little bit and he says, I shouldn't say this, but I think Renette has been dragging out their engagement a little too long. And he looks over, like, just to make sure no one's listening. And he says, but you didn't hear it from me. Of course not. I don't even, to be honest, it's almost like I already forgot your name, you know? Like, I don't even. (laughs) And he he winks at you and he says, there's a girl. Uh, 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 uh. I was wondering, what's with all the racism? (laughs) He sighs and he says, well, yes. Uh, there's been quite a bit of strife around court for the last, oh, I don't know, since my father's father's time, really, as the Count Greenspire now has taken up the torch to have the little fiefdoms annexed from the rest of Madria, as we are our own people and our lands are not exactly accommodating to the large folk. But it is more advantageous for us to remain part of the larger kingdom, so there's a bit of division among everyone about that, really. I wouldn't take it any of it too seriously. They're just using whatever ammunition they can get to make their jabs and quips. It's all sparring. It's pretty it's pretty messed up. So It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> so the little fiefdoms are how how did they become part of Madria? Were they occupied? Has it always been that way? Well, it's been that way as long as I've been alive, but if you look back in the histories, I suppose at some point, Madria came in and claimed the fiefdoms for their own. Colonialism. Okay. And you said there's division among your people. Well, I don't like to talk politics too much, but yes, some of us, those of us with half a brain, realize that being part of the larger kingdom is advantageous as it Madria is one of if not the richest kingdom in all of Avalith. We would be cutting ourselves out from all of their trade agreements. But admittedly, they benefit greatly from our craftsmen, and perhaps we could do better on our own. Hmm. Uh, I want to cast Detect Magic. 
Uh-huh. Any presence of magic within 30 feet, I can see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic. There's nothing significant. Nothing jumps out. A couple people, like some of the earrings that some of the ladies are wearing are enchanted with like very minor, basically look at me spells. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's nothing insidious. There's nothing around the princess. No. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Satoon, at some point, he says, what's... Wasn't Lord Andolin supposed to join us today? And Renetta pipes in and says, Oh, Lord Andolin, you never know where he's going to be. I swear, I haven't seen him around in weeks, I suppose. And somebody else pipes up and says, I hear that he went riding out to help the Danmari invasion. To help who? Well, to help defend the city and the crown, I suppose. And you guys haven't seen him since then? No, but I suppose... You all got it sorted out before he would have even arrived. And he hasn't come back? Now it's Renetta speaking again, and she says, Well, we haven't seen him, but that doesn't mean he's not back. He tends to just slip in and out of the palace as he pleases. He's very difficult to track down for parties. I swear, invitations just pile up at his door like, well, invitations piled at a door. Do you you know where that door is? I'm sure Dodson can show show you where it is. Dodson is your valet during our time here, correct? Oh. Yeah, do you know anything about Dodson? (laughs) Yeah, do you know anything about Dodson? Oh, he's one of the very best, Renetta says. My sister's wife did a great kindness to you in assigning him to your rooms. He he will be a great asset. Hmm. Thanks. Thank you. Tell her thanks for me. Tell her thanks for me, too. <laughs> do you do you have a good relationship with your sister-in-law? Mm. Renata just makes that noise. And she fans herself a little bit and looks away. She seems, like, so nice. She wasn't my first choice to be my sister's wife. Well, who was? That's not important. Renata, your, your opinion is important. And she fans herself a little and looks away. And Azam leans forward and he says... It's not polite to spread court gossip. What's gossip? (laughs) (laughs) And someone else pipes up and said, it's what we've been doing since we got here. And everybody laughs. Uh, Corbin uh, turns to Azam and says, so do you like horses? Ah, yes, I do. My father has fine stables. Did you see them while you were in Denmark? I think they saw me. And then Corbin gets up and he runs out to the edge of the circle and he turns into... The horse. <laughs> the most beautiful horse in the world. Red eyed. Black maned. The nightmare. Boob window. And then he rears up and he whinnies and he does a little kick with his hooves. Everybody applauds. Oh, yeah. wow. They, they laugh and they applaud and they say oh what fun he trots. Oh, and somebody says Nwinian why don't you ride him and Nwinian <laughs> hops up <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah Corbin trots around he just does a little he does a little canter around the circle and he whinnies <laughs> real big uh, and then he trots up behind the princess and Azam and he nibbles on the princess's hair a little bit uh, the princess <laughs> shrieks and then Nwinian pulls on your mane <laughs> uh, Corbin like shakes his head and gives another whinny uh, he says, how fast can you go? Oh, man. Corbin leaps over the group of people <laughs> and just takes off. And he goes, uh, as fast as a horse can go. <laughs> All right. Very fast. Why, that horse is traveling as fast <laughs> as a horse can go. 
Fran casts an illusion of like dust clouds. Yeah, from thanks. His little hooves. Thanks. Like he's going so fast. Is he? Does Winnie uh, have to make a dexterity check to see if he stays on? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Woo-hoo, he rolled a natty one. Oh! <laughs> you killed him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you buck Nguyenian after like not too long even. Oh man, and he I, falls into the dust. I feel real bad, and I turn Dead. around. Uh, he's coughing and, and sort of rolling in pain on the ground. <sighs> I help him up like uh like that like spirit from Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. So Nguyenian he like waves you off, and several of the young ladies from the group come over and start helping him up and, and cooing over him and going, "Oh no, Lord Nguyenian! Oh, Satoon!" Uh, Corbin oh, turns. Oh, let Corbin. me get you a cold compress. <laughs> Corbin turns back into a human and says, "Cold cut would serve him better." <laughs> and then he says, uh, "Guess it couldn't take me at my top speed, huh?" <laughs> and then he looks directly at Prince's arm. Oh. <laughs> Power move. Well, what else do you want to ruin about this picnic? I think I've done as much damage as I can mm. do. Is there is there anybody who seems close to the princess? It seems like she has a lot of sycophants. It does not seem like there's anybody who she actually respects among this group. Sure. Is there somebody who seems especially uh, distant? Uh, as off. A, yeah, yeah, as a sycophant. Yeah. The young gnome woman that Corbin spit on earlier. I, I want to go up to her. How did the princess react to like this whole thing? Like she screamed when her hair got bit. Yeah. So to this person, I'm going to kind of like, man, like that was just like a joke. She's kind of uptight, don't you think? Like I'm looking at the princess. Yeah. And the the young gnome woman, she sort of rolls her eyes and she says, Princess Renetta is a forcible personality. It'd be nice if she was a force for fun. <laughs> she she laughs a little bit, but it like hides it behind her fan. I was wondering, doesn't it seem I don't know, I doesn't it seem like the princess kind of isn't that into Azam? Oh, that's an open secret in the court. And you didn't hear it from me. Of and course. she looks at all three of you. Uh, and in the background, by the way, you see Mary is just having a pleasant time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> she deserves this. I'm happy for her. <laughs> just kind of wanted to give you an update on what Mary's doing. Love it. <laughs> um, and she says, no, you didn't hear from me. But Princess Renetta is not exactly thrilled about her engagement to Prince Azam. And she never has been. It's not that Azam has anything wrong with him. I mean, he's perfectly charming. I mean... Mm. Look at him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't like the idea of moving to a desert, which I don't blame her. I mean, have you been to Danmar? Yeah. Yeah. We're like the heroes that came from Danmar. Do That's you not like the know? one thing people know about us here. <laughs> it's just, oh, right. Silly of me to forget. Well, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit hot. It's a cool place. Cool metaphorically, but not literally. So, Renetta wants to stay here at court, and so she's dragged out their engagement as long as possible. Hmm. Who arranged their engagement? Oh, the late king and queen before their untimely deaths. What? Untimely? When? You know a lot. You're really knowledgeable. You seem real smart. Well, you didn't hear it from me. (laughs) (laughs) But there's been a lot of rumors flying around about the death of the king and queen, and... Queen Tenevine's rise to power. I mean, nothing suspicious about her. She's... Tenevine has her own stable of gossip. But her aunt... mm, That's another story. 
And again, you didn't hear any of this from me, and it's all just baseless rumor anyway. But mm. to get back to your original question, yes, the king and queen died in a sailing accident only a year and a half ago. So there was rumors about the current queen's aunt that she may have had something to do with the death of the past queen and king? Again, it's all just baseless speculation. Of course. But they were out on her boat. Has Magdalena had any kind of rumors like that surrounding her before? Well, no. But it is awfully suspicious that she tried so hard to get the crown after the death of her brother and his wife. Yeah. Well, it seems like she wasn't the only one, though, right? Oh, there were some other bids, but none of them were particularly strong. I mean, Count Agsprat put in a bid. Everyone knows that he wouldn't get the throne. So since you, like, seem to know so much, I... I'm really, 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 really curious about what the princess wouldn't tell me. I really want to know who she wanted her sister to marry. Oh, well, many of us who've known Queen Tenevine for a very long time, we thought it'd be, well, it'd be nice if she was able to marry Loria. But of course that wasn't going to happen. It was, it would have been nice, but Loria doesn't really have a title, so... So she wanted Tenevine to be happy? Of course. Renetta loves her sister. Right. <laughs> oh, like siblings, okay. <laughs> I just... We're all only children, so we thought that maybe people killed their Fred, siblings. You're like, we a, you're like a sister to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the murdering kind or what? <laughs> In a murder of crows, yeah, you're like one of my sisters. That's beautiful. So cute. Corbin goes over to Renetta. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, and people are starting to pack up. I, okay. Now people are starting to sort of wander away from the group in, in little smaller groups of twos and, and threes. What's Azam doing? Oh, Azam is just hanging on Renetta's every word. Okay. Corbin says, uh... Renetta, could I talk to you for a second in private? She looks at you and she doesn't respond. And then Azam says in a low voice, when you're addressing a princess, you must use her title. Oh, Princess Renetta. And she looks at you. <laughs> oh, well, could I speak with you in private? She looks at Azam for a moment. She says, I'll just be a minute, my dear. And then she steps off to the side into like another beautifully manicured clearing, uh, but still well within like eyesight of everybody. Right, right yeah. but not with an earshot, right? Uh, like earshot if you were talking in normal volume, but you could talk quietly and not okay. be overheard. Okay, well, I, I definitely talk quietly. Okay. And I say, uh, so what's the deal with Azam? Because it seems like he is not leaving you alone. Well, he's my betrothed. Yeah, but like, you just sit there like a cold fish and he's hanging off of you. <laughs> I can't you actually fucking say that to the fucking princess. <laughs> Renetta snaps her fan shut and she says, my relationship with my betrothed is none of your concern. And then she walks away. Okay, bye. That was a really good talk. Thank you, Renetta. Princess. <laughs> uh, and then she and she comes back to Azam and says like a few words to him and looks a bit put out. And he he's like trying to comfort her as she just walks away and he, he yeah. takes her arm to accompany her away from the picnic. Just site. planting the seeds of doubt, no big D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the servants are uh, they're picking up the rest of the, the picnic leftovers and Mary comes and joins your group and signs Well, how did it go? Really good. 
I don't know, I think bad. Slake's trying really hard to keep up with the political intrigue, but you know that that picture of the lady with, with the, the mask? mask? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your picnic. Lisa Chen, and I host Behold Her, a monthly podcast that shines a spotlight on women in the world of tabletop games. There are so many women to behold in this amazing hobby, and our experiences as female gamers are as diverse as we are as individuals. Through one-on-one interviews, audio essays, and panel discussions, all centered around a monthly theme, the guests on Behold Her share their unique stories as players, game masters, designers, artists, organizers, and so much more. Their words are inspiring, uplifting, and informative. Check out Behold Her Podcast wherever podcasts are found, or visit beholdherpodcast.com.